Okay, folks, it's time to start. Good morning. All right. If I ask you a question this morning, I'm going to ask you a question, and you can all say it. Who is your best friend? Isn't, that, isn't he the best friend? We all share the same best friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let's be prayer warriors and carry everything to Him. Let's sing it all together with all our hearts. What a friend we have in Jesus. wonderful thought. What a friend we have in Jesus. In just a few moments, we're going to have a special solo by Jenny this morning, and then our dear brother Bill Murray is going to bring us the message from the Word. But before we carry on with the announcements and the rest of the meeting, we'll ask our brother Matt Hugan to come up. 
and open in prayer. Good morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we praise your name. We just thank you, Father, for being here this morning, Lord, and we just thank you that you are the best friend we could ever have, our creator, our God, our savior. We just thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for our lives in you, and we pray, God, that you would just bless the meeting this morning, Lord. We ask that you would just be with our brother Bill as he gives a message, hiding behind the cross, Lord, and just uh, speak through him, Lord, and just uh, touch our hearts and our minds, Lord, and just deliver the message you have for each of us, Father. I pray, Lord, for uh, anyone here today that doesn't know you, that they would come to know you and have you as a best friend and a savior, Lord, as Lord of their lives, Father God, just to experience that joy and peace with you, Father. We pray for the song as well. Just pray for Jenny and uh, ask that you'd uh, deliver a message to her as well. We thank you again for this day and just ask your blessings on it. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good to see each and every one here this morning. We rejoice that we can be here to hear the Word of God. What a sacred privilege it is that we have the freedom to come with all the lights on, the doors open, no problems from the government. We thank God for the privilege we have and the freedom that we have to be here this morning. We'll have a few announcements. Choir is still on vacation, and so there'll be no choir practices, but there will be a joint prayer meeting tomorrow at 7.30, so please come to pray. And we will have a little devotion uh, from the Word, and then we'll have our, our prayer meeting. And then on Wednesday night, we're going to have our annual general meeting. And we need everyone to come, because it's not going to be dry or boring, I guarantee you. We're going to talk a few things about the finances and things like that and the building and so forth, but it's also going to show all the ministries that God has given us and the wonderful things, how each person has a ministry to do for the Lord. And so we look forward to that. That'll be on Wednesday. Thursday, there'll be the women's study and then the Friday groups. And then a special announcement next week for the ladies. They're going to have an activity, bocce ball and lunch. The bocce ball is in the morning. Is it 10.30, Jean? 10 o'clock, bocce ball, and you can pay at the, at the door for that. The women's luncheon will be following that at 12.30 over at Mike and Ginny's house. Costs $11 for the lunch. You can make your checks out payable to, um, to Mike Hyde. Is that who we're going to? Yep, to Mike Hyde. And so uh, we'd like to have everything collected and ready for that by tomorrow night. So no later than tomorrow night. Please pay for that. And so that'll be a blessing. So at this time now, we're going to ask Jenny to come out, and she's going to sing a solo for us. And following that, we're going to have Bill Murray's message. shelter in which we can hide. 
sufficient for me And deep is its fountain As wide as the sea There's room at the cross for you There's room at the cross strong and the love of my Savior is long through sunshine or rain in loss or in gain the blood flows from Calvary to cleanse stain there's room at the cross for you there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there's still room for one Morning. See, they're not so bad, Dean. I heard them. You just don't give them enough chance. Oh. Why do I even try? My mistake. My mistake to even get into it with Dean. Oh, wow. Ginny, what a great song. It really did. It really did. So I'm going to hopefully lovingly meddle in our lives today with the Word of God. So you can't take it personal. But um, we had a wonderful worship service this morning. It was very encouraging. And that song... 
um, <coughs> went along with the message hand in hand. I had no idea what she was going to sing on, but I'm so thankful for what she did. Um, before I pray, I just wanted to share a um, couple of things. The, the message is title is not original with me. It's been around since Jesus said it. You must be born again. But uh, as a way of an intro, there's a story about D.L. Moody, who was one of the most wonderful evangelists of America of all time. He, he, he saved so many souls. But one day he was preaching, and he, he was always criticized by someone because he had um, worse diction than mine, which is really bad. And uh, he wasn't a good reader, which I'm not. But um, he got, he'd always have somebody that would criticize him for that after his messages, which is amazing because you'd see these people coming down and getting saved, and then there would always be a critic. But uh, this day, and in his time back then, the distinguish it was easy to distinguish between the wealthy and the average by just their clothing. And so after he gave one of his wonderful messages and souls were being saved, uh, this lady comes up to him, an elderly lady, and uh, dressed to show that she was quite well off. And she said, Mr. Moody, I hope you have a better message this evening because you so harped on you must be born again. And he said, my apologies, ma'am. I just feel that you must be born again. Well, see what you can do about changing the message for this evening. If you were thinking of that again, he says, I will take it into consideration. Thank you very much. He was always so polite. He was always so gracious to those who criticized him, asking them to pray for him when they hit him on his English or anything else. Um, so evening came. Time to give the message. And what do you know? You must be born again. <laughs> and there she was at the base of the pulpit waiting for him, very angry. <clears throat> And she said, didn't you understand a thing I was telling you? And he says, I did. Then why on earth did you give that message again? He said, simply, ma'am, because you must be born again. <laughs> and that was Dwight L. Moody. He's a, he's a wonderful man. But let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just ask for your help. Lord, I ask for your help. I ask for your guidance. I ask for your power. I ask for your love to be seen, the scriptures to be opened and understood, lives to be touched for your honor and your glory only. And just hide me in the shadow of Calvary, Lord. And I just so thank you this morning that I'm born again. We pray these things now in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Our text this morning uh, is from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It is a story about 
a gentleman by the name of Nicodemus, who was on, for lack of a better word, the highest council of Pharisees in Israel at the time. They ruled over everyone, this group of Pharisees, of which he was a member, in good standing, respected, um, well, well taught, and could teach well in the scriptures. Some have said that he was the brother of Josephus, the historian, but nonetheless, there was something that separated Nicodemus from the rest of his um, fellow Pharisees, and that is he was touched by what Jesus had to say. But because of that, and because of his position, he had to be discreet, and so he came to him by night. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things and these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. May God bless the reading of his scripture to us this morning. First, we identify ourselves as our condition. We're sinners. Every single one of us is a sinner, bar none. Every single one since Adam and Eve. And oh yeah, we can blame them. Doubtful any of us would do any better. Some of us would probably say we would have done worse if it was possible, but that is the state of mankind, sinners. Romans backs it up in 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's it. We're here. His goodness, his righteousness, his holiness is up there. Romans 5, verses 6 and 8 for while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the good news. We will be going back and back again to the phrase this morning, born again. Um, another way of saying it is born from above. 
But when we're born into this world, and that includes, yes, all four of my grandchildren, adorable as they are, we're condemned, pure and simple. We're sinners. And Parky the other day proved that he was a dirty, rotten sinner. <laughs> he was not having any part of anything. He was just mad as can be. <clears throat> I chose not to preach to him at that point. But it, it's in us. It's in us. But because of that, our situation is this. At this point, we're condemned. We have only one option when we die. Hell. That's it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, the good news. And I realize, to use a term, for most of you I'm preaching to the choir this morning, to use that term, but for those who maybe yet don't know him, haven't discovered him, don't realize how much he loves you, how much he wants to give you. We hope that what we share this morning will be a blessing. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, one of my favorite portions of Scripture, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, every single one of us, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working disobedience, or in, working in the sons of disobedience, and that would be the devil. Among them, too, we all, heavy evidence is all, formerly lived. In the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And last, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, the Lord's words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And when I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. One of the most sobering verses of Scripture in the Bible. Because, sadly, there are so many, there are myriads, there are millions who will end up in hell because they were not born again. There are so many marvelous humanitarians who do so much good throughout the world to help others, but he cannot get you to heaven. There are those who spend 
much of their money helping the poor, helping um, the needy, helping those to start some kind of program. And those are all good. There's nothing wrong with those at all. They're needed. They will not get one person to heaven. All the meetings that a person attends, all the things they do, all that they tithe, all that they read, all that they pray, if they are not born again, they will not get to heaven. Period. It's here. It's stated. This is what the Word of God says. That's the condemned state. Until we come to the point of accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. No religion, no actions, however sincere, can get us to heaven. Our only solution is salvation, which is found in Jesus Christ. But to, for that to happen, because it's it's, it's sad, but it's true. Many who actually prayed a prayer to Jesus, but for whatever reason, whatever motive, whatever other things were going on, didn't, weren't transformed. Because their motives, their actions, what it is that they wanted to get out of it, weren't sincere. Well, I'll try it. Let me try it. You don't try Jesus Christ. There must be a soul becomes convicted by hearing the Word of God. And, hey, some people get it the first time and bam, they bend the knee to Jesus Christ. Transformation takes place. Their life is great. And then there are some of us who are a little thicker. Okay, I was thicker. But it takes longer. But again, when that moment comes, there will be conviction in our heart. There will be remorse in realizing two things. One, what we've done in our past to qualify as a sinner and what Jesus did for us at Calvary to take care of that. That's remorse. And one of the most key things that has to be there when we want to come to Christ is believing. It sounds strange, maybe, but it's true. Many have wanted to try it or... Give it, a, give it a whirl. But the, the, the comprehension of believing of who Jesus Christ is and what he did, the reality of it wasn't there. We have to believe. And it's in the scriptures, it, it comes through over and over and over again. There has to be faith. There has to be trust that this is true. It isn't just another book. It's the word of God. I remember once I was in this program for a year, the first day, and because to show, reveal my total stupidity when I was younger, I was an atheist. Till I almost drowned in Hawaii, and then I became an agnostic. 
Because I figured maybe, just maybe, someone helped me out of that situation. But you have to have faith. You have to believe this. And so in that class, they were saying, some places say the, the Bible contains the Word of God. And I kind of became sort of a no tolerance for the, the unfaithful, the, the unbelieving. Because I'd seen the other side. I saw how stupid it was. I saw how ridiculous it was. And when I came to Christ, it was clear. It's the KISS method, like Corey Tamboom used to say. And it's true. That's what we need. Keep it simple, stupid. Really? That's, she said that, not me. I'm just quoting her. Godly saint, godly woman who did so much for the cause of Christ. But I'm hearing this and I'm going, poor Bill McDonald says, yes. I said, why are we even messing with this? The Bible is the word of God. And he goes, because it's helpful if you know what others are saying. I go, oh, okay. I sat back down. Didn't like it, but I sat back down. But that's it. This is the Word of God. The whole Word of God. Not part, all. And what we're sharing today, and yes, it seems like it's going to be more like a Bible study than it is a a sermon, but it's just the only way that it came to me. So please put up with me. But these things are essential. Conviction, remorse, believing, trusting, faith in who he is. And when it's there, oh, how glorious it is. How marvelous it is. How wonderful it is. How joyful it is. The peace. A quote, a man may be convicted, yet never converted, but no man is converted unless he has first been convicted. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so no one may boast. Nothing. Not all the charity work, not all the giving, not all the sacrificial, not, nothing. It's free. And that's what stumbles so many today. I feel I need to work my way. And there are. There are religions that will let you work your way to heaven. Only you won't get there. Another quote on the transformation that takes place when you're born again. Conversion is not a repairing of the old building but it takes all down and erects a new structure. It is not the sewing on a patch of holiness, but with the true convert, holiness is woven into all his powers, principles, and practices in his new life. Joseph Alin is the best I can do, back in 1668. So the gospel is the gospel today as well as it was then. 
Romans 10, chapter nine, verse 9 and 10, excuse me, and, and I use this always because it's so clear, it's so understandable, it makes so much sense as you're going through it about believing that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, not your head, Many have believed in their head, yet Jesus, I get it, he's God. Okay, I got it, that's good. I'm with that. No. It's the heart, it's the center of our affections. But it it transcends emotion. It's far greater than emotion. It's, It's the center of our soul and our spirit that understand with the heart believing Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. That has to happen. Believing, it's just essential. I know I sound like a Johnny One note up here, but it, it just is. Another quote, it is strange we trust each other and only doubt our Lord. We take the word of mortals and yet distrust his word. But oh, what light and glory would shine o'er all our days if we always would remember God means just what he says. A.P. Simpson great evangelist also from this country um, around the turn of the last century. John 3.3, again the Lord's words, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can go to church your whole life. You can come here your whole life. But usually you don't stay too long because you get tired of the same stuff about Jesus and his word. And it's either, it either becomes one of two things. For most of us, it's music to our ears. But to some, it becomes an irritant. And that's sad because the heart has turned hard and doesn't really want it. And that's just... That is so discouraging when we see something like that happen. 1 John 5.13 These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Believe. There's a reason why they keep writing that word. It has to be there. It has to be in the transformation that takes place. So that is our solution to those who need to come to Christ. But once you do, oh, once you do, then we have our standing. Once we're born again and we've been redeemed, we have eternal life. We have if you allow me to be slightly irreverent, 
a fast pass, okay? It's like when you get to the bridge. If you don't go over it very often like me, you watch those people, they get it every day. They, they go right through because they have a fast pass on their dash, okay? And I go like this and wait and then pay my, what is it now, five bucks? <sighs> I heard what it was in New York. Bill Melton told me five bucks doesn't sound too bad anymore. <laughs> um, but we have a fast pass. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we won't be left behind. But that's the only way we won't be left behind. If we're with the redeemed. 1 Corinthians 4, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come, and those new things are marvelous. The fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of love. Now that's God's love. There's other love. But you can only have God's love once you're born again. Once you're born again. Then you get it. You don't earn it. Our character, another story. That takes time for him to work on. But these are ours, the millisecond that the Spirit of God, oh, and how's that? The Spirit of God is in us. Amen. Wow. You ever noticed, hopefully, that when you sin, ooh, things aren't so rosy. You just should anyway feel lousy, grieved. But the moment you seek forgiveness, and sometimes that includes having to ask somebody for their forgiveness. Oh, relief. Because that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is back. Now, are we angelic the minute we get up off our knees? after? No. That's a long-term project. But it's a great one. It's a good one. It's a positive one. One of my, again, favorite verses. I get to do this because I'm giving the message, so I get to pick my favorite verses. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's just good stuff. That just, what I like to call warm fuzzy. Yes, you can still be spiritual and have warm fuzzies. It's okay. And it's okay to have a sense of humor, sanctified sense of humor. It's okay to have an imagination, as Roland Hill used to say, let us take for a moment a little liberty and go to our sanctified imaginations. It's okay, as long as it's sanctified. Sorry for digressing. And then there's our future. Then there is the future for every person who comes to Christ, who becomes born again. Again, the millisecond 
if you allow me, the, ooh, the fast pass is in the pocket for heaven. We won't miss the rapture if it happens before our time is up here on earth. But again, the minute our time is up here on earth, like those of our loved ones of the last few years that we've seen go to be with the Lord, the moment, the minute, the millisecond they passed, they were with Jesus. On the other hand, sadly, we've all had people we know that decided not to opt for that. And you hear some of those idiots. Forgive me, but they're mostly men. Not exclusively. I'm going to lead the party in hell. We're going to get together and have a great time. There is no great time in hell. There is no party in hell. You are in total agony. You are in total torment. Who here has had either an accident or, yes, moms, birthing a child is included, uh, maybe injured your, your knee or another bone or broke a bone, and there's that, there, there's that time of excruciating pain that makes you break out in a sweat and, and clammy and you're just really suffering badly. It is nothing compared to hell, and that goes on forever. It doesn't stop. It doesn't matter what they say. Well, I just don't believe in it. I don't buy your story. I don't, I, I, I'm just going to die and that's it. It's not. Every single one of them, the minute they die, oh my gosh. I made a mistake. But it's done. On the other hand, the contrast, for us, wow. We didn't even come close trying to figure out and, and decide and describe and imagine what heaven will be like. We won't even come close. But oh, how wonderful it'll be. A quote by Dwight L. Moody. Realizing that he would soon be gone from this world, Mr. Moody said to a friend, someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of Northfield is dead. Don't you believe it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that cannot sin, cannot touch that sin-tainted stuff, a body fashioned into his glorious body, I was born in the flesh in 1837. I was born of the Spirit in 1856. And that which is born of the flesh may die. That which is born of the Spirit will live forever. Amen. That's a pretty good thing to say on your deathbed, isn't it? Amen. He knew where he was headed. He had no doubts. Reverend Moody loved this verse, 2 Corinthians 4.18. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So again, I say, you must be born again.
It's more than a prayer. It's more than a feeling. It's understanding and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and His shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And then He just comes in. And you say that believing. With eyes closed now, with heads bowed, I want to just read the words of a song I love a lot. Then we will end in prayer, but I just want you to think about this. You may think it's foolish what I'm going to say. I'm not ashamed. No, not ashamed. One day I pray, Jesus, take my sin away. And that's when I was born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again, and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad, that I've been born again. One man came to Jesus, John in chapter 3. Oh, so afraid. Oh, so afraid. Master, you're from God. I really do believe. And Jesus said, be born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again, and all because of Calvary. I'm glad, so glad, that I've been born again. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this morning. We thank you for your word that so encourages us and challenges us. Sometimes, yes, convicts us, but for the good always. So we just ask now if there's anyone here who would like to know more about a life with you, Lord Jesus, a life that's full, a life that's free, a life that lasts forever, and understand and experience the forgiveness of sins. We pray this would happen this day for them. Don't let them leave till they sit and visit with a pastor or somebody else. Don't let them pass up this opportunity to change their life, to believe in Jesus Christ and his finished work at Calvary. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.